Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. As always, text ERIC to E-R-I-C-K to 33777. And you too can get the live stream, the show notes, all that. More importantly, I'm going to step out for a few days for Christmas. You want to follow me around Instagram and the like, uh, see what I'm cooking and the like, you, you need to text Eric to 33777 uh, because that's where I will send it. And we will be pushing out the Christmas show on podcast. We haven't in the past, and i got to deal with the music issue, but but we will make sure the Christmas show is out there. We we always get people asking for it. We'll make sure that happens. Now, we got to begin with poor old Joe. <laughs> okay. I did an interview today with Sean Spicer for his show uh, and his podcast, and this story came up. I was going to talk about it, so it was kind of funny to, to talk about it then as, as kind of bouncing all ideas off each other. This is an Axios, and, and the headline says everything for you. Biden is reluctant to accept his old age, age, AIDS, say. So... Senior aides and First Lady Jill Biden are pushing Joe to rest more and be vigilant about his health. Current and former aides say Biden's extraordinarily energetic for his age, but he repeated his repeated insistence that he feels so young can draw eye rolls. Current and former aides believe Biden doesn't realize how old he can come across. In conversations with aides and friends, Biden frequently says some version of, I feel much younger than my age. Managing his schedule and energy has become crucial to his re-election campaign. Jill Biden and her team are deeply involved in the president's day-to-day schedule. She works to get him as much rest as possible and improve his diet. The dynamic between Jill and her husband's team goes back to the end of his vice presidency when he maintained a robust schedule into his early 70s as he dealt with illness and death of his son, Beau. Joe's working too hard, Jill would tell then-Chief of Staff Steve Reschetti. He's exhausted, he's not sleeping, it's going to kill him, she said. Her influence, says precedent from Nancy Reagan at 69. Reagan was the oldest person elected until Donald Trump and then Biden topped him. You know, if Trump got reelected, he'd be the oldest president elected. He'd be older than Biden uh, when Biden was elected president. There's this thing called the bubble. we, We always talk about bubbles, people get in bubbles, but the White House bubble is real. The White House bubble is very real. 
And it's a different bubble from you and I. So you and I, we may get in a bubble where all of our friends kind of have the same worldview as us. They kind of think like us. We, we don't meet people from outside that bubble. We all get the same media information. Uh, the left has a bubble. People in Washington certainly have a bubble. Progressives have a bubble. Conservatives increasingly have more of a bubble. The White House bubble. I, you, you can't really, and I, I honestly can't fully appreciate it. So you are the president of the United States. You are surrounded by people who curate the information you consume so that you don't have a bad day. You stay informed, but you're not hearing all the criticisms. This is one of the things Obama has commented on it. Bush has commented on it. Uh, Trump, to a degree, has commented on it. Uh, Clinton commented on it. Now, even Ronald Reagan commented on it when he was out of the White House that your perception inside the White House bubble, particularly as president, is different. So you and I, we've all got a cell phone, typically. God bless you if you don't. We can stay in contact with everyone. We can get a sense of what's going on in the world. We have certain people we can talk to. Once you get into the White House, your cell phone goes away. So, you know, it's no secret. I'm friends with Mike Pence. I remember when he became vice president, all of us were were getting um, messages that this phone number will no longer work. This email address will no longer work. They, They shut everything down. And Trump had a phone, but Trump was already living in kind of a bubble where, where he curated the voices he talked to and people knew. I mean, you talk to people in that circle that, that he didn't want deep criticism when he talked. I, I mean, in the times I talked to him, the, typically the conversations are uh, 10, 15 minutes and they're very one-sided. And, and then he starts asking you questions and the conversation's over. And this is a pattern that everyone who encountered him did. And so he kind of built his own bubble. But the White House bubble is a tremendous shield for any president of the United States, regardless of party. And when you are Joe Biden's age and you are surrounded with the sycophants he's surrounded with and you are already suffered delusions, I mean, the man's a serial liar. He already lives in a world. And let me be clear, I'm pretty convinced that Joe Biden really believes the stories. I'm When you tell yourself a story long enough, you begin to believe the story. He probably at this point really does believe that Bo Biden was killed in active duty combat in, in Iraq or Afghanistan. He probably believes it. He believes his house burned down. All these, all these, these stories. He, he, he's old. He believes this stuff. He's got a little bit of dementia. And then he's in a bubble and no one wants to tell him the truth. And he's convinced he, he's younger than he looks, but he's not. He doesn't understand how he comes across to people. No one in the White House wants to confront him with that. No one in the White House wants to tell him that. They should do a real montage of Joe Biden, play all the clips they play on TV of Joe Biden stimmering, stammering, not knowing where he is on stage, and just be honest with him. Here's how the world perceives you, and you can say that this is wrong. You can say it's a lie, but this is what the world sees, and every time you do it again, it reinforces it. You got 70% of voters have concerns about Biden serving a second term because of his age. And what's worse, Kamala Harris is the least popular politician in America. Most Americans think if they're voting for Joe Biden, they're actually voting for Kamala Harris and people dislike Harris. But he can't get rid of Kamala Harris because she's a black woman. The woke intersectionalist would burn the White House down if he got rid of her. You want to substitute a black female for a gay white dude in Buttigieg? The black women of America who were your most loyal constituency will come for you. Joe Biden knows he can't do that. 
On top of that, now you got the Monmouth University poll. President Biden's job rating has hit an all-time low, including particularly poor marks for his handling of immigration and inflation. Only three in 10 Americans say the incumbent is giving enough attention to the issues most important to them, which is worse than his predecessor. The poll also finds congressional leadership ratings have dropped with the new House Speaker debuting in negative territory. Public opinion of Biden's overall job performance currently stands at 34% approved, 61% disapproved, his lowest rating since he took office, lower than Donald Trump. Joe Biden is frustrated with his messaging. He is frustrated with his polling, but this is the problem, and it comes from being in the bubble. Biden and so many of the Democrats are convinced the message is wrong when it's the policies. They are institutionally, philosophically invested in the policies, and they can't change those. So they're they're thinking it's the message. Here's the problem. And again, I mentioned this to Sean Spicer this morning. Uh, This reminds me of George H.W. Bush's reelection in 1992, back when I was a kid. Still like politics. I still paid attention. I was a kid. But George H.W. Bush had been the most popular president in American history since George Washington. That's not actually an exaggeration. We only estimate the support of George Washington because of public opinion polling. It didn't exist at the time. But we presume, I mean, overwhelmingly, George Washington was beloved. George H.W. Bush in one poll had 90% approval. No other president in the history of polling had ever had 90% approval rating. So you can conclude he was the second most popular president after George Washington, who had pretty much 100% approval. George George H.W. Bush, 90% approval. One poll had him at 89, one had him at 85, one had him at 90%. After the Gulf War, he restored American military confidence. First major military victory of the United States since Vietnam. People loved the guy, and then the economy went into recession. Mario Cuomo was going to save the Democratic Party. George H.W. Bush was so popular, Cuomo decided not to run against him. It was left to this uh, hick governor of Arkansas, Bill Clinton. You might have heard of him. With James Carville and Paul Begala and George Stephanopoulos, Clinton ran a—it's the the economy stupid campaign. And essentially they said, listen, we all know George H.W. Bush is a great guy. But he's lived in Washington in the bubble for so long. He's been in the vice presidential and the presidential bubble. He doesn't live in the world that the rest of us live in. He's out of touch. We need someone who's more connected to the American people. And here was the problem. Just like now, and by the way, I'm not suggesting that Biden was popular or is. This is just, this is the comparison right here. The macroeconomic trends in 1992 suggested the American economy was no longer in a recession and was doing very well, and in fact was dominant compared to every other country in the world. If you remember the late 80s, everyone was scared of Japan. By 1992, even after a recession, the American economy was gangbusters, head and shoulders above Japan's economy. And the Bush team began lecturing Americans that uh, you people have it really good. You may not feel it, but it's real, uh, and you need to appreciate the data. You need to appreciate how good our economy is. The fundamentals of our economy have recovered. The fundamentals are sound. You ungrateful people should be happy and love me. And it really made the people very angry. 
They didn't like being lectured to by a presidential administration that they believed was out of touch. Same thing's happening now. It is absolutely true. By the objective macroeconomic metrics, this country is doing better than every other country and is not in recession. And in fact, one thing Joe Biden legitimately could brag about is there is greater oil production now than at any time in American history. In fact, Joe Biden's economy, the American economy under Joe Biden, is producing more oil than when Donald Trump was president. And gas prices are starting to go below $3. But he can't champion that because it would make the progressives very mad. It would make the climate change people very mad. So he can't talk about the one good bit of news in the Biden economy that should make people happy. And he's got to tell people that all of the data suggests you've got it really good. But he's not going to the grocery store. American citizens are going to the grocery store, and they don't feel like they're getting ahead. They feel like they're still behind. They feel like wages aren't keeping up. Rightly or wrongly, it's how people feel. And to lecture them, it's like what George H.W. Bush did in 1992, and it doesn't work. Who cares about the macroeconomic picture? People care about their bottom line, the microeconomic picture. And in microeconomics, in the household economics of America, people feel like they are falling behind. The country's getting ahead and the people are getting behind. The problem, Mr. President, isn't your message. It is your policies and the ones you've chosen to focus on and the ones you've chosen to ignore. You have a story to tell and you can't tell it with gas prices and oil production because it would alienate progressives. But even if you told that story, you still got people who feel left behind and belittling them and suggesting that actually you're doing great when they're going to the grocery store and you're not doesn't help. On top of that, you're old. People see it. You don't. They don't like your vice president. This is why in New York Times polling that's just come out, Donald Trump crushes Joe Biden in pretty much every demographic, including 18 to 34-year-olds. He's crushing Joe Biden. There is one silver lining for Joe Biden in all the polling, and it's this, and it's actually a big one. And it's the one he's hanging his hat on and probably the one he's going to have to hang his hat on. The people who voted in 2020, if you poll just people who voted in 2020, Biden beats Trump by six points. If you poll the people who did not vote in 2020, Trump beats Biden 22 points. The problem for Republicans is that the people who voted last time are most likely to vote this time. The problem for Biden is if Trump can convert the non-voters into voters, Biden gets crushed. Charlie, go on and flag this for I told you so later because this is probably going to happen. When the polls roll over next year to likely voters, the race will be incredibly close and probably give Biden an advantage because of the likely voter pool. And again, the people who voted in 2022 and in 2019 and 2023 and 2020, they tend to lean Democrat. The Democrats now have the coalition that turns out more regularly. And if the voters of 2020 turn out in 2024, Biden probably wins. But if Trump can convert the registered voters who don't regularly vote to become his voters who turn out for him, he's going to curb stomp Joe Biden. And this is a chance Biden and his team can't take. They think Trump's a threat to democracy. So they got to figure out something. And I will tell you that right now they're not going to be capable of doing it because it's not the message. It's the policies. The policies suck. And they can't fix the policies without breaking the Democratic coalition. So it's probably time Democrats get serious about thinking about changing Joe Biden out for somebody else. He'll do the research and give it to you straight. Eric Erickson is live every weekday.
Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting ERIC to 33777 now. My people, you got to be patient with me if you're on the phones. I ran long in the last segment, so I'll take your phone calls when we come back after the bottom of the hour. Right now, I I, I got I to gotta read you this. This is from Nate Cohen, and Nate Cohen is good at his job. And they used Siena College polling. They were the best pollster in uh, 2022. Listen to this. Again, this is in the New York Times. Mr. Trump leads President Biden among young voters in a Times Siena National Survey, 49 to 43. It's enough to give him a 46-44 lead among registered voters overall. Usually, it's not worth dwelling too much on a subsample from a single poll, but this basic story about young voters is present in nearly every major survey at this point. Our own battleground state survey in the fall showed something similar with Mr. Biden ahead by a single point. Either figure is a big shift from Mr. Biden's 21-point lead in our final poll before the midterms or his 10-point lead in our last national poll in July. And there's a plausible explanation for the shift. Israel. Young voters, progressive voters, left-wing voters are unhappy with Joe Biden supporting Israel. Keep in mind, voters 18 to 34 are the most anti-Semitic group of voters in the country, in large part thanks to college professors, high school school teachers, and TikTok. They are deeply anti-Semitic, and it is a real problem. TikTok has indoctrinated a whole bunch of kids into anti-Semitism. You should get your child off that app, and you should be off it as well. It's just a Chinese indoctrination and spying tool. Now, I'm going to move on. I'll take your phone calls, 877-973-7425, when we come back. But first... Vision Computer, I got to tell you about Vision Computers. Vision Computers wants your business. If you're a small business and you're headed into the end of the year and you're thinking about your upcoming tax bill, you want to offset some of that tax liability, now is a great time to consider technology upgrades for your company. Keep your money with you instead of Uncle Sam. You buy your computers from Vision Computers. They become your in-house IT department. You can buy PCs, uh, desktop or laptops. They'll build them for you customize them exactly as you want them, and then they'll service them. So every employee in your company gets Vision's phone number. They can call Vision whenever they need, day or night, even on Christmas Day. If you're making them work at the office on Christmas, shame on you, but they'll be able to call Vision and get an answer faster than a Google search for whatever's going on with their computer. Or if they need to learn something about their computer, they can help you with printer support, email support. They can even remote in and fix stuff remotely. Visioncomputers.com is the website, visioncomputers.com, or you can call them 404-COMPUTE. 404 compute uh, and tell them I sent you you get an even better deal and Bill when we come back I'll take your phone call smart fearless and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Well, I, I'm i upset. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, I, I'm upset Bill didn't hang on. I really actually wanted to talk to Bill. And Bill abandoned me. 
He didn't think I wanted to talk about what he wanted to talk about. And so I wanted to talk to him to talk to him about the stuff he wanted to talk about. And then Bill hung up on me. I guess he thought I didn't want to talk about what he wanted to talk about. But I wanted to talk to Bill about what he wanted to talk about. And then Bill hung up on me. And I'm sorry. I'm disappointed in Bill. Because I needed Bill to know that he's an idiot. And I was hoping that he would be on the phone so I could tell him he was an idiot. Now he's just going to have to listen to me on the radio because he's convinced I didn't want to talk about the story that I talked about yesterday. I literally talked about the story yesterday. I talked about it. Bill, you got to listen to me every day because I talked about the story yesterday. <laughs> I'm picking on you, Bill. I actually did talk about your story yesterday that you wanted me to talk about. Um, and this is the story in Georgia, the um, the Secretary of State's office, the, the governor's office in Georgia, according to breaking news over the weekend, notified the Secretary of State's office that they found 17,000 uh, additional votes in Fulton County uh, that had not been counted. It was enough to overturn the election in 2020 had those votes been discovered. Uh, the 17,000-some-odd votes came from apparently uh, 10 voting machines that have been disappeared. Uh, if you if you follow the rabbit hole down the story, apparently there were 10 voting machines. Uh, Fulton County says those machines don't actually exist anymore. And um, the, the, the Fulton County says they never existed. Uh, and so where did the 17-some-odd thousand votes come from? Uh, the governor's office found them, reported them to the Georgia Secretary of State's office, and there's going to be a hearing at the Georgia State Capitol this week, an, investigor, invested, uh, the, an investigatory hearing to determine the viability of the, and the legitimacy of those 17,000 votes. Now, there is one problem with the story. And again, the story is the breaking news from the weekend. And Bill, if you're listening, I did talk about it yesterday. 17,000 plus votes found in Fulton County on 10 voting machines that Fulton County says don't exist, but others say did exist, and they generated these 17,000 votes. We don't know who they're from. They don't appear to be valid. The governor of Georgia says they're not valid. He has told the secretary of state they're not valid, and there will be an inquiry in the state capitol. There's a problem with the story. The governor's office says it's not true. The secretary of state's office says it's not true. Fulton County says it's not true. And as of me speaking right now on December 19th at 12.39 p.m., there is no meeting scheduled at the Georgia State Capitol this week to discuss this. Now, here's what I think is going to happen. We should flag this because here's what I suspect is going to happen is the people who are making the claim will reserve one of the publicly available meeting rooms at the state capitol and they will talk about it and then claim they're not liars. The meeting actually happened. But the underlying statement is that the governor of Georgia notified the secretary of state of the problem and uh, they were going to have some hearing about it. Uh, but it's all been denied. The governor says it's not true. The secretary of state says it's not true. 
They say there aren't these votes. Uh, there's some group that says there were these 17,000 votes on these 10 machines that, that they disappeared the machines. The, the Fulton County says this isn't true and, and these machines don't exist. They're like, oh, so you destroy the machines. They're like, no, we didn't have these machines. Oh, so you concocted 17,000 votes and, and blamed it on machines that didn't exist. No, we didn't concoct 17,000 votes. We don't have machines. The, the governor denies it, the secretary of state denies it, but oh my gosh, the conspiracy theorists are absolutely convinced it's true and there's a cover-up. And this is part of the problem. This gets me right where I wanted to go anyway. When you decide to believe the people who are lying to you, expect to get more lies. They trotted the story out about these votes that were mysteriously found on the day that Rudy Giuliani is found uh, liable for defaming Ruby Freeman and her daughter, claiming that they rigged the vote in Fulton County, and suddenly this story comes out and says they found these 17,000 votes in Fulton County. It was rigged, and probably Rudy Giuliani is the fall guy because he exposed the deep state, whatever. It's all a bunch of hooey. People want to believe whatever they want to believe. They'll believe whatever lie they want to believe. And when the governor says it's not true and the secretary of state says it's not true and the county says it's not true and the state legislature says there is no meeting in the state capitol this week about this issue, they'll still believe the liars because they want to be lied to. The fat, ugly girl wants to be told she's thin and beautiful. The people who believe there's no way Donald Trump could have lost to Joe Biden want to be told it was all a lie and it was stolen in a scam. Many of the same people lament the state of our American politics. So I, I, I want to suggest something to you. I want to suggest that people on the right have done something they should not have done. They looked upon the game the left was playing and decided the left was successful and that the right should play the same game as opposed to play a different game. In the 1990s, conservatives said character counts. You know, if you go back to the Southern Baptist Convention in the 1990s, they passed a resolution uh, on the character of leaders, and it was uh, never mentioned Bill Clinton, but very explicitly, without naming him, condemned Bill Clinton's behavior and characters that he's unfit for office. And then many of the same people who supported that in the 90s by 2016 said, ah, character, it'd be nice, but the left's so nasty, we need our own nasty person. The left's so mean we need our own mean person. And the mistake people on the right made, although they were successful in 2016, they've just been losing ever since. The mistake is that they, particularly those who were people of faith, they decided to play the same game as the left. And now you fast forward to twenty, the end of 2023, headed into 24. And the number of people I know who say things like, oh, my gosh, why can't we get good people? None of these people. I don't respect any of these people. Why can't we get people of good character in office? They're the same people who decided character no longer counted and started voting for people regardless of their character. Because in their words, you know what they said, particularly if you're in your 30s and 40s and you had a, you got your parents around and your parent went off the on the reservation on this and started saying, 
I'm not voting for a pastor. I'm just voting for a politician. In other words, I don't need someone of good character. I need someone to fight the left. And guess what happened? You got people with the same sort of character. This Florida State Republican Party chairman turns out to be a sexual deviant. Turns out not to be a pleasant guy. Surprise! You decided character didn't count anymore. You wanted to play the same. You didn't want to play a different game. You didn't want to. You didn't want to provide a competing vision for America. You wanted to provide an exact opposite vision. So instead of offering Y to the left's X, you decided to offer negative X. Whatever the left is for, you're against. Whatever the left is against, you're for. There's no ideological underpinning. You're allowing the other side to define you. And that's ultimately the problem here. What we're seeing in American politics right now on the right is that the right is allowing the left to control them. And you got a bunch of people on the right who profit off of this. They profit off the rage. They profit off the anger. They profit on the people who behave exactly like the left and offer a negative policy vision from the left, whatever the opposite is. They don't offer a different vision. They just offer the reverse opposite vision. The left wants taxes. We want no taxes, which is fine. The left wants abortion. We want no abortion, which is fine, except they're starting to abandon that because they think the left's going to win on that. So now they'll offer some other form of abortion. They're not providing a different vision. They're not providing an alternative path. They've decided to play the same game. The winning strategy for the right should be to say, you know what, we actually do want good people with good character. And we're going to show the country that actually with our team, you get good people with good character, not abortionists who chant death to the Jews. Instead, the right decided they wanted their bad guys. They wanted their mean people. They wanted to play nasty with the left. They decided that good people can't win and then suddenly lamented the state of politics and all the terrible people in politics. You got the the, the sex scandal with the American Conservative Union. Now, I I, I, I know Matt Schlapp. I, I, I tread carefully on this one. Uh, some of it is put upon. But, you know, when you've got, like, distinguished people of good character leaving the board of the American Conservative Union saying there are deep problems, well, of course there are deep problems. You, you abandon the whole moral convictions plank. You talk a good game on it, but you, you abandon all of it because you got to beat the left. you got to beat the left. you got to play their game, and you got to play dirtier than them. you got to be nastier than them. you got to be more ruthless than them as opposed to playing a different game. And this is what happens when you abandon your underlying principles in favor of raw politics. You don't get a principled position. You just get someone who's as ruthless as the left. And some of you will say that's what we need, but the problem is you don't get the policy change. You actually don't get dramatic shifts in policy, and you don't build a coalition of people. Right now in Congress, the Republicans can't get anything done because they have a one- or two-seat majority in the House of Representatives. They've offered the American public no convictional politics on which to run and build a case for change. They just said, we're not those guys. Elect us. Where is your vision for a positive future of America to sell people on? Where is your character to show Americans you can be trusted? You've abandoned it all. And particularly people of faith who in the 90s were all upset about Bill Clinton saying character counts. They're like, ah, no, we, we need a Cyrus. We need a Cyrus to rescue us out. No, you, you, you don't need a pagan to rescue you out. You got God on your side. You need to provide a different vision. You need to provide a different path forward. And it's not going to work when you've surrounded yourselves with grifters and gullible people who believe the grifters. It's not going to help when, when so many of you want to believe the liars. 
Many of you listening, you want to believe the governor of Georgia found these 17,000 votes to notify the secretary of state because some blog on Twitter tweeted it out. You don't know who actually ran this, ran it. You don't know anything about them, but you believe the tweet because you want to believe the tweet. As opposed to, I don't know the truth. We get what we deserve. And when you decide we need our bad guy to fight the left's bad guy, as opposed to we need a good guy to fight the left and show the American people they don't have to vote for the bad, nasty guy on the left. When you play by the left's rules, you've allowed the left to define you. You you know, one of the lessons of forgiveness is when you forgive, the person who slighted you no longer controls you. And many of you who have carried grudges and things over time and and you finally forgive and you realize that you've been letting that person live rent-free in your head and they've been controlling you. If they lived in your town, your anger with them shaped whether or not you wanted to go somewhere because they might be there. And when you forgive, you suddenly realize they're no longer controlling you. Forgiveness is more about them not controlling you. And it's the same thing in politics. When you decide there are no good people to run for office, don't be surprised when the connection is you decided you didn't want good people to run for office. You wanted the nasty people to run for office, and then you complained about the nastiness in politics. Well, now we need more nasty because politics has gotten so nasty. And what you're actually doing is you're letting the left control you. The left got nasty. The left got ruthless. You decided, hey, we need to do the exact same thing to win as opposed to we need to present an alternative to the American public. We need to present a different path forward. Now you articulate different ideas, but they sound the same in their rage. And more and more Americans are checking out. If you really want to win people on the right, find good people, because there are some, and run them for office with a different vision for the future, as opposed to people who are going to run just by beating up the other side. Because then it's just a, a, a an arms race of who can get the nastiest person as opposed to who can persuade people with a smile to come our direction, which when the left has gotten so rage-filled and so angry and so nasty, it actually becomes an easier case to make. Stop deciding you have to play the same game as the left. You do not have to play the same game. It is a choice you are making, and I personally think you're doing it badly, and you shouldn't be surprised when you get awful people like the chairman of the Republican Party of Florida involved because the nastiness invites in people of low character. You decide you want to go back to good character, you'll be amazed at how quickly things start improving and the American public pays attention because they kind of like to get off the crazy train that all the political parties have put them on. Now, I could be on my soapbox for a while, but I'll stop there. I will move on and say that one of the groups trying to find those good people to run, particularly at the local level, is Patriot Mobile. And Patriot Mobile can help you. Patriot Mobile can be your cell phone carrier. You move your business to them. You get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers you are already using. And they give you this great service. And then as their business grows, their profits grow, their profits grow, their giving to the conservative causes you care about grow. It's a win-win for you and the conservative movement. And I get back to bringing good people in politics. They're supporting parents running against woke school board members 
who have for years scheduled school board races at the weirdest times of the year and the weirdest years possible to avoid accountability. And parents are catching on, and Patriot Mobile's helping them. And the way they help them is you move your cell phone business to them. They grow their profits, and then they grow their giving to these parents running for school boards, and they have a 100% win record right now, thanks to you guys. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric, move your cell phone service to them. You can keep your existing phone number. You can also call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Want to be on the show? Hello? Hello? I-, I love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Join Eric's Army of Activists. Text ARMY to 33777 now. Hello, welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number 877-973-7425. We're going to be a little loose on phones today because I'm stepping out for Christmas vacation after day, so we'll treat it like an open line Friday. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia. Nationwide, they help businesses grow. Doesn't matter where you live, in Grand Forks, North Dakota or Miami, Florida. They can help you. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, buying a business partner, buying out a competitor, First Liberty wants to help you if they can. If you need $250,000 or more, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com, that's their contact info, FirstLibertyGA.com. I I have a suggestion. I, I have finally come to this conclusion, and if you are the owner of a business, I think you should know this has nothing to do with First Liberty. Nope. If you're the owner of a business... I think you should take me seriously on this. I think you should put it in your employee handbook that the inappropriate use of the reply all button is a fireable offense. I will name no names. I will say nothing. I just don't understand why reply all as opposed to reply directly is the default for some people. There's no need. I do not need to see your amen of agreement with the prior point made on the all office, inner office memoranda. Just just reply back to that person and say amen or good job. I, 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 I don't need a reply all. I don't need the 30 email replies all from people. Just email the one person back. This should not be a hard thing, people. I name no names. I say nothing other than hitting the reply all button should be a fireable offense and you should have to go through HR and do retraining on how to reply to emails to avoid being fired. That's it. Or take me off the list. We'll be back with the Democrats' new strategy. They're going to compare Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. I'm not kidding. I wish I was. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.